December 3rd. An exploding cracker. Mr. Simon Constantinou, a small businessman, barely five foot two, who had just cancelled seasonal holiday for all his staff, killed when a faulty Christmas cracker set light to the extremely flammable Santa costume he was wearing at the work Christmas lunch. All that was left of him was the joke from inside the cracker. What do you get if Santa goes down the chimney when a fire is lit? Crisp Kringle. Dead Vent Calendar, a merry murder mystery in 24 crimes. Written by Tobias Sturt and read by John Millington. It is perhaps not very Christmassy, but I have to admit that I thoroughly enjoyed the 15 minutes it took my friend Shiloh to explain to the police why he had been wearing a makeshift vicar's outfit in a garden centre car park while annoying a man to death. Frankly, I was surprised that it hadn't happened before. For the 20 minutes it had taken the police to arrive, we had stood around, trying not to look at Ramage's body, while Desmond tried to keep rubbernecking pensioners out of the little grove of Christmas trees. You'd think, being that much closer, statistically speaking, to the state themselves, they might have been predisposed to avoid death, but apparently they weren't above a good gawp. I suppose it beats the lunch jazz pianist in the cafe. I'd been standing next to Freddy, the boy who'd been helping with the trees. Don't make sense, he muttered under his breath. Really don't. All death is senseless, I said fatuously. No, I mean, there shouldn't be enough current in the lights not to electrocute a man, he said. Must be something wrong with the transformer. Could there be? I don't know, said Freddy. Shouldn't be. Got delivered special yesterday with the lights. For outdoors, you know, we we just hooked it up. Then the police arrived and we were all occupied giving statements. Shiloh, of course, was horribly exhilarated by the whole thing. A corpse, he whispered at me, eyes shining. Why on earth, I said, do you have a vicar disguise with you? Never go anywhere without them, he said. The standbys, vicar, travelling salesman, doctor. Why do you think I carry this briefcase everywhere? A corpse, Ellie, a corpse. There's something odd about that too, I said. Freddy there doesn't think it should have been possible for him to have been electrocuted by Christmas lights. Doesn't he? Shiloh rubbed his hands together. Doesn't he? Huh. The pub by the station has rooms, I think, my friend. Uh, does it? I said, trying to sound innocent, despite knowing exactly what that meant. We stayed the night at the pub. It was quite evident that Shiloh intended to investigate, which in this case meant getting drunk with the locals. I was quite happy to get drunk, but less happy to dwell on what I'd seen that afternoon. I was, however, alone in this opinion. It was all anyone else could talk about. Must have been his pacemaker, said the barman, somewhere around pint three. He had a pacemaker. He had a pacemaker, did he? said Shiloh. Oh, yeah, said the man next to him. Liked to brag about how much it cost him. Went private, didn't he? Didn't like the NHS. Said it was full of scroungers and foreigners. You have to be careful with electrics with a pacemaker, continued the barman. My brother-in-law's got one. Won't wire a plug. Mind you, wouldn't before. Bone idle, my brother-in-law. A pacemaker, whispered Shiloh. A pacemaker 
everyone knew about, a pacemaker vulnerable to faulty wiring, the game, old chum, is afoot. He grinned an awful grin and ordered another pint. It seems to be the rule that pubs let rooms on the assumption that the occupants will be so drunk they won't care what they're like. It is at least partly true. To begin with, all they care about is making the room, stopping, pitching and whirling. But later on, they will care about an awful lot more, more than they can probably handle in their sensitive state. The next morning, in equal parts nauseated and fortified by a greasy breakfast, an unfeasibly cheerful Shiloh forced me out into the sunshine. So, what do we have? He said as he led me down the high street. A headache, I said. A headache, an aching back and a deep resentment towards the man who kept buying drinks last night. We have an unlikely death, he said, ignoring me, an unlikely electrocution with unlikely fatal consequences, so unlikely that a person is likely to be suspicious. Come on, there's someone I think we should talk to. You talk, I said. I will stick to making low moaning sounds. He led me down a side street, and then up the path of a 1920s Tudor Beethan villa, with a neat lawn and a goldfish pond in the front garden. He hammered at the front door with far too much vigour. It was answered by a smartly dressed elderly lady, who led us into a splendidly peaceful front room with a really quite wonderfully deep pile carpet and a beautifully soft sofa. If Shiloh had just shut up, I could have gone to sleep. But he didn't. He did turn down a cup of tea, I noticed, which was willfully unkind. I must, in my fug, have missed the introductions, because the next thing I was aware of... You've heard what happened at the garden centre, I suppose, said Shiloh. Mr. Ramage, said the lady. Oh, yes. You knew him, didn't you, said Shiloh. Someone must have mentioned something in the pub last night. He was a builder, wasn't he? He did some work for you. I'm not sure I would call it work, said the lady acerbically. He put a pile of sand in the front garden and then charged me to take it away again. I'm sure it was him who killed the goldfish in the pond. That upset you. How observant of you, she said. Not entirely unhappy he's dead, said Shiloh. Did you know he had a pacemaker? Consider your answer carefully. My dear boy, said the lady quite cheerfully, if you are looking for people not entirely unhappy that Mr. Ramage is out of the way, you're going to have a busy day, especially at Christmas. What, what do you mean? I managed. Oh, how kind of you to join us, said the lady. They always say Christmas was Ramage's favorite time of year, and not for the usual reasons. It was his employ. He was contracted to do work, and then he spin it out until people were desperate to have it done before Christmas. And he charged them extra to finish it in time. Of course, I wasn't having any of it. Sent him packing and got someone else in. Doesn't the conservatory look nice? What a ghastly man, I said. Oh yes, utterly ghastly, she said. He was doing it uh, to poor Penny, three doors down. He was supposed to be doing her kitchen. She had to move out in September to stay with a friend. It is still not done. The poor girl, she won't get it done now. Quite horrid, not being able to spend Christmas at home. She will be upset. I'm sure she will be, said Shiloh. And do you know where she's gone in the meantime? She went to stay with a friend up in London, said the lady. 
Brixton, I think. Did she? said Shiloh. In that case, I think we've taken up enough of your time. Back to London, Ally. And will you? said the lady, showing us to the door. Be coming down for Christmas? Well, of course I will, said Shiloh. Where else would I go? I thought you might want to stay with your friend, she said, as we stepped out onto the porch. You are welcome too, of course. It's only ever him these days. Ah, for goodness sake, said Shiloh. Well, don't forget to update your Christmas list, dear, said the lady, closing the door. I stood on the porch, watching Shiloh walk down the path. Was that... A realisation was struggling to make it through my hangover. Was that... your mother? Why, of course it was, said Shiloh. You really are, I said, the most awful person. It takes practice, said Shiloh. Come on. We have an appointment in Brixton. You have been listening to Dead Vent Calendar, written by Tobias Sturt from an original idea by Tobias Sturt and Rowan Davis. The story is read by John Millington, and I read the murders. The music is The Slay by The Sportsman and by Mitch Miller and his orchestra and chorus, both from the Internet Archive. If you enjoyed this podcast, please spread the word and even rate and review it if you can. You can find more on SoundCloud, as well as Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Stitcher, and on our website at ruritania.co.uk slash stories. And tune in next episode to open another fatal window in our dead vent calendar. We are going onward through the night.